0: Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Two-Headed Game Master. I'm Cosmo, the first head.
1: And I'm Dane, the librarian head.
0: Two-Headed Game Master is a podcast about writing, designing, running, and playing role-playing games where we discuss our favorite hobby, share our thoughts with you, and play some games sometimes. Uh, hopefully you're enjoying the Dangerous Spaceman Adventure that I believe is still releasing. Yep. Um... But, uh, yeah, that's bonus content. This is regular content. So what are we regular contenting about tonight?
1: Uh, Picking the right RPG for you. Ooh. Uh, So there's a lot of RPG products out there, as you may know. We Mm -hmm. have one out there ourselves. Um, Mm -hmm. We did. We made it. (laughs) Uh, You know, choice paralysis is a thing, so let us help you lessen the anxiety of making that decision. Right. Um, So we're going to break down just like components of an RPG to help you pick the best one.
0: Yeah. Because, yeah, if you've got any interest in the hobby you've probably been into a a shop. You've been to whatever your local equivalent of the wizard's chest is, and seen a shelf there of stuff. And there's a lot of stuff. A bunch of books. And you know everyone's heard of D and D, but there's a lot of others, and how how to choose.
1: Right. So we're gonna uh, we broke it down right into components, and we're gonna talk about each one. Right. So first, we're gonna talk about cost. Right. That's pretty important. Definitely. Uh, the artwork that comes with them, the genre. Mm. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna talk, move on to tone, uh, the actual mechanics of the game. Mm-hmm. The length of games and then the community yeah and then of course you know a little caveat at the bottom is like everything is hackable so like you know no pressure on picking the perfect one
0: right um so let's uh, let's get into it cost uh we we tried to make all these kind of go in order and flow into each other and we're gonna just start at the top like a full set of books for D and D is expensive um, access to the content on the D&D Beyond portal. D&D Beyond is pretty cool, really powerful tool, especially for new players, but it costs money again to get access to a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Mostly the player stuff is free, but uh, if you want to use it to actually run the game, you got to buy your stuff again. You can't buy the book and then also have it online. you got to buy both of it. Um, on the other hand, side of that scale there are little indie products that are you know three page pdfs pay what you want pay as little as like 99 cents for them um and the consideration i think here is just like how much are you willing to invest in something especially if you're first getting started or if you're you know pivoting to something new what do you think you're going to get out of it how into it are your players your friends the group that you're going to do this with and, you know, do you want to do like what me and Dane did right at the beginning and buy $250 of Torg stuff?
1: Was it really 200 Yeah,
0: because we had to track down the books separately.
1: It was, it was a pain in the ass.
0: Um, we got some of them in a bundle, but then we had to hunt down the... And we probably could have done with one Realm book. We didn't need all six Realm books, yeah, at least was, not right at first. Cool. But that's how we did it. And they were cool. But, you know, you might not be down to throw that down, especially if you're just getting started. Maybe, you know, start with something lighter and learn, learn the ropes before then you start spending money.
1: Right. And, like, we don't know your budget, so, like, obviously there's not going to be any hard numbers in here. Mm-mm. But, like, you know, consider everything, you know, your level of investments. But, like, you know, sometimes it's worth paying for good art. Yeah. Um. You know, sometimes it's worth paying for the correct tone you want your adventures to have, but you know, so just an expensive set of books might be worth it. Yeah. To some people, and it might not be worth it to other people. Right. But uh, you know, there's a huge range of costs, right? Mm-hmm. What Cosmo was saying. There's some that are pay as much as you want to online, and you can throw them ninety nine cents, or you can go with like the very well published. You know, here's, you're going to be spending several hundred dollars. Yeah.
0: Um, but, yeah. So, you know, like anything, evaluate its value to you and how much money you're willing to spend. And, you know, like if your friends are going to go in on it with you or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, next, let's talk about art.
1: Okay, well, it's the first thing you're probably going to see. You're going to notice be like, that's a cool cover. Mm-hmm. I want to do that adventure.
0: I've bought RPG books just to like look through purely on the art, like games that we've never played that we're probably never going to play because we mostly play our own original made up stuff like mm-hmm. like goons. But um, yeah, I bought Mutant Crawl Classics and Zweihander just because I liked how they looked and I wanted to see what the inside of the book looked like and how they you know did that. Stuff like that. If it is speaking to you, you see it and like, ooh, tasty looking art. Um, That can be, like, the thing that you need to get started. The, you know, the, the total package, including the visual presentation, can be what gets you in the right mood or, like, inspires you to run something. So, you know, just a bare PDF of rules might be great, but without the art. You might not know it at first, or you might you, you might overlook it. So you know, consider art. Definitely look at not, that first. Judge it by its cover.
1: It's not like oh yeah, well it's just a you know a theater of the mind game. Why do I need something with art? Well, because it gets the juices flowing, right? It you know gets your players into it and in, like the same imagery, so like everybody's on the same page. Because you know as much as we would like to have a device that just like plugs into my brain and projects you know the scene for my players it, we're not there yet in technology speaking so like nope. if there's a picture of one of the monsters then my job's you know easier as mm-hmm. the GM because I can just be like "It, it's a monster it's a slobbering you know werewolf looking thing oh I saw that in the rule book I know exactly what he's talking about mm-hmm. stuff that you can show your players and you know stuff that gets you inspired to create in that space. And we'll talk about tone in a second, but, like, you know, the art leads into tone. It sets the tone for the mm-hmm. game, right? Like, if all the pictures of the, you know, characters in the rulebook are, like, these, like, grizzled adventures with scars and, you know, everything, then, you know, it probably leads to the tone being a little more, you know, grimdarky whatever right right but anyways tone is later yeah
0: so yeah we
1: advise
0: that you do kind of judge some of these products by the cover go off of visually what speaks to you because from the outset until you like sit down and read it or watch some videos about how it works you're not going to know that stuff from just looking at it or just or even from like opening it and reading a little bit of it you know you're gonna to need to take some time to get to know it but the art is what's gonna you know help get you inspired for the for everything
1: that comes right. after so indeed it's important judge a book by its cover put it on the board yep all right what's next genre genre
0: uh well there's a lot to this and there's a lot of different kinds of genres. So what is it that you want? What is the adventure that you want to tell? Are you trying to do some like classic fantasy, some D&D, you know, monsters and and heroes type of fantasy or or different kind of fantasy, a more like low magic medieval all humans or sci-fi or horror. And then all the
1: subgenres in in those genres. No and like you know it can be not at all important what genre it is right some players just like hanging out and they can go with whatever Mm -hmm. but sometimes it can matter because like if you've all consumed if the gm and the player base have all consumed like the same bits of you know fantasy fiction right you know, they all have the same idea of what the fantasies, you know, could be, and then, so, like, you know, you throw a sci-fi into there, and, like, you know, only a couple people dabble in sci-fi fiction, and Then like, you know, nobody really knows, you know, what what the game's supposed to be, or doesn't have a good, you know, touchstone picture of, um, you know, for their mind's eye, you know? Yeah. And
0: it, you know, it... it like, if a player doesn't care about genre, if a, if you do have, you know, people in your party who are just there to show up, they, they like the hanging out and don't really care what you do, that's fine. Um, you don't really need to worry about them. But if there is preference, you kind of want to lean into the preference because you are going to get a better experience. If you're all... Or, not all, but if, you know, if a couple of you are into Cyberpunk and one of you is the Game Master... And everyone else is just happy to do whatever, then probably go with some cyberpunk genre product. Um, you'll have more fun developing for it, designing the adventures, writing everything up, and the you know the baseline enjoyment for the people who don't care what you play won't change. but it might change for the one who does have genre preference.
1: I mean, I think for for genre, it's more about what is distasteful to your like player base. Mm-hmm. Um, like you know, if some people might really not like horror. Yeah, and like so, you probably shouldn't choose a horror game. Right. And
0: yeah, you just you know don't do something that has no attraction. And also, this is kind of the fun thing. If you, have, if you have something from some genre that like, oh, I really like The Witcher or I really like Star Trek. And there are cool things from that specific you know, media or genre that you want to do. You can always reskin stuff. And we'll talk more about hacking content or hacking products later. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, you can take a cool episode of Star Trek and reskin it. For your fantasy adventure, if that's what you, you know, want to do, but you know, after art, that's kind of the next thing. You're like, what? What if this art is speaking to me? Okay, what are the kind
1: of stories we're going to be telling here? What is what is the genre?
0: Mm-hmm. Think about
1: that. And probably you're going to get some ideas when you look at the art. Like when you're in the wizard's chest, looking at all the different books, you're gonna, you know, you could pick out three just based on art one two three they could be very similar you know genre you know one's fantasy one's dark fantasy you know one's high fantasy or whatever right
0: yeah
1: um and so you know that's going to give an indication about hmm seems like i'm kind of fantasy pilled this week yeah you know you'll 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 feel what's speaking to you um so once you got your genre picked out and like, okay, I'm looking for like a sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, what kind of, what tone do you want your sci-fi to be? Right.
0: Um, and there's a couple different axes or like sliders of tone, I guess. Um, what sort of story you're trying to tell. There is, you know, how lighthearted of a thing is it versus like how grim and perilous it is and, and scary doesn't necessarily have to be horror for the tone to be you know pretty dark um and like everything else you want to consider what is speaking to you what kind of stories you're you're interested in you know playing out and what is going to be resonating for
1: the players who you bring this to and like not all game systems have a set tone like baked into the books you know they're it's usually a malleable thing that you can you can mess with as the game master yeah um right like you can pick and choose stuff from like the character creation um and be like okay for this adventure you know these like races are off limits, right? Right, like we're not doing, you know, Dragonborn or you know, um, Genasi or uh, give me a third one. Uh, Firbolg. Yeah, those weirdos. <laughs> um, you know, we're sticking to humans, elves, dwarves, halflings, right? And
0: <clears throat> there is, you know, what Dane was saying, not all games there is still like a a spectrum of tone if there is a tone you're specifically trying to hit if you um you know if you you like the cyberpunk genre there is cyberpunk red which tries pretty faithfully to just like recreate the video game and also the original role-playing game that the video game was based on and it's strict about you know night city and the stuff that's in night city but then there's also cyborg which is wacky and it has most of the same stuff it's got you know hacking and cyber powers and weird guns and you know stuff like that but it just it is presented with a wackier tone and kind of allows you to do with that what you will that's not to say that you couldn't take cyborg maybe you just you know you learn how to play that system you're like okay use that system to tell a more serious Story, and kind of rein in some of the wackiness, but this is a thing that you know art and genre are going to kind of lead you towards. The um, the official Aliens RPG doesn't seem to have a lot of humor in it, from what I've looked through. That's one of the books I've looked at at the Wizard's Chest. It's just very kind of cut and dry. This is all the stuff you need to create adventures in the Aliens universe. There's nothing particularly silly about it but
1: yeah that being consider what
0: Dane is about to say next
1: (laughs) and that being said so like there's probably not a humor section tone like a humor tone of all the games because you know the the RPG experience just kind of leans into humor, mm-hmm. you know, because the characters will start, or the <laughs> players will start riffing and, you know, making jokes of their own. And then like, you know,
0: yeah,
1: it's a, it's a more natural, um, humor, like not many games lean in and try to make it funny because, you know, we all know when you try to make something funny, you end up making it not funny. Right. I'm
0: sure. Uh, I'm sure that like, a proper munchkin RPG exists with all the stupid items and you know the goofs uh, instead of like you know the serious mechanics um but when a group of friends gets together and agrees to play make believe together the funny is gonna kind of come on its own so you don't and I I don't know if I would necessarily advise against it, but I'll say you definitely don't need to go searching for an RPG that is funny. If the tone for your adventure that you want to present to your new party is lighthearted and humorous, don't worry about it. Just pick a game system that you know how to run because they're going to bring the funny mm. and you're going to bring the funny when you give them problems and they you know, struggle with them or do something, you know, incredibly stupid that you couldn't have possibly imagined. Humor will come on its own. Yeah. So just,
1: you know, think about the vibes. And then they're laugh at your NPCs when you don't want them to laugh at them and then you feel bad and be like, that yep. wasn't supposed to be a joke. You're guys. never <laughs> going to name an
0: NPC and have your players not like goof it up on purpose to be like, oh, what's his name? Okay. FitFap. Got it. <laughs> Uh, and they'll never
1: call him by the right name (laughs) again after that. So those are the kind of, um, I don't know, what you would call, um, I don't know. I lost my train of thought on Mm. that one. But But that's
0: our, like, description of the, the, the spectrum of tone mm. that you could examine and the, the warning that like the, the funny well, stuff is going to come. The
1: subjective ones, mm. the subjective components, right? You know, art, genre, tone. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Those are the ones that, like, you know, differs person to person, mm-hmm. right? Now we're going to talk more about the... These are more quantifiable. Quantifiable, objective ones, like, you know, mechanics. Right. Uh, those are very, well... They're the mechanics of the game. They don't change person to person. You know, damage dice is still damage dice. Right. So the the term,
0: uh, for those unfamiliar, often used is, is crunch, right? Crunch, crunchy mechanics versus lighter mechanics. Lighter rules, rules light um, versus crunch. Uh, higher crunch, what that means is a greater amount of math a greater amount of fidelity trying to simulate reality using the game system using dice rolls using you know abilities and modifiers numbers like that um versus rules light where there is less of that and the amount of math and work that goes into both prep and character creation
1: is just lesser Less stats to worry about, less, like, special abilities or, you know, extenuating circumstances that are explained in the rules. You know, like, oh, when a character tries to move within a certain range of the enemy, like, the enemy gets an attack, right? You know, that's a very specific rule. You know, that's crunchy, right? Because then the game master has says, you know, oh, wait, you want to move? Well, hold on, an attack's coming at you. And then, like, you know, some dice rolls happen, and you still haven't moved. Mm-hmm. Right? Because the game master is simulating a
0: a fight. Oh yeah. And simulating the reality of it as closely as the rules allow you to. Um
1: So the, like what are you what are you looking for? Right. Are you looking for a, you know, a good time that is just like a bunch of people in a room riffing on each other? And, like, you know, it's all story based or mostly story based. Mm -hmm. You know, you're probably looking at something a little lighter. There's probably always going to be some rolling, but, Mm -hmm. you know,
0: Um, something to consider. Uh, So, we talked about how every point up until this point cost, art, genre, tone these are to a degree subjective. Even a dollar value is subjective because Mm -hmm. we don't know your budget and we don't know Mm -hmm. how much you care about what you're going to spend. I will say, though, that there is a correlation in cost and crunch um the more robust a game system is the more rules it has and the more um nitty-gritty the 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 math of the simulation is usually the bigger the rule book and you know the more you're going to spend versus a you know little indie D zine or not dnd but uh, you know a little indie game that you can just you know download mm-hmm. um those not only do they cost less they're usually written with brevity and ease of access in mind and you know because they're only you know three to eight or 12 pages whatever they don't cost as much but D has a full rule set that is meant to simulate almost everything. There are a lot of rules, which equals a lot of paper, a lot of big books, big books cost money from big publishers. Mm -hmm. So uh, consider crunch, crunchy mechanics versus rules, light mechanics, and consider that uh, there is a correlation between those two and how much
1: a thing costs. Right, and that's not to say that like you can't always, and you know, this gets into the hacking thing that we will talk more about later. But like, you can always just be like, you know what? I thought I wanted a lot of crunch, and I bought this book, and like, I don't like that rule anymore. It takes too much time to do, or like, we never remember to do it anyways, and so like, we're just not going to use that one at our table. That is one hundred percent your prerogative. Uh, you know, it's all make believe anyway. Mm -hmm. And it goes the other way too. Like you get a you know a really light hand wavy system, right? Hand wavy. You know the GM just says, "Okay, this, this is, is what yeah, it right? works or it doesn't work." You get a light system, and you're like, you know what? I can't keep it consistent. Like you we know the crunch. players are just running all over the place.
0: Magic is like wildly inconsistent in a rules light system. Magic kind of doesn't work sometimes because it's just like I don't know. So you, we're gonna uh,
1: yeah. we're gonna lay down some rules. We're gonna make our own rules and. We're going to follow them.
0: Mm-hmm. Or, you know, transplant your system, your adventure, your campaign, to a crunchier system that does have rules that support what your players are trying to do or what you are trying to deliver to them.
1: Yeah. So, as crunch does affect cost, crunch also affects length. Mm-hmm. Which is the next bit we're going to talk about. Crunch level has a direct
0: effect on how much time it takes to play. And this is the next thing that you should consider. There is some subjectivity to this point as well. We don't know what your availability is, how much free time you have in your life, but different games take different amounts of time to prep and to play. And then also different groups of people are down for different time commitments. Are you... You know, able and willing to play for 12 hours every weekend and have gigantic sessions.
1: I don't know if anybody's in high school anymore. I mean,
0: I would love it. But, um, you know, most people aren't. Uh, Are you willing to commit to a campaign that might take a couple of years? Is this something, you know, or like what if someone moves? Are. Are your friends up for this sort of thing? Are you the kind of person, kind of like me, who sometimes becomes no longer interested in a thing and has to go be interested in something else quite intensely? And suddenly you're not interested in fantasy anymore. Well, what is... Yeah, What it is like all that shit. Consider time
1: well, as, so as, like a, there's, as a function of this decision yeah right so there's there's three kind of you know categories for time right how long are individual sessions mm-hmm. how long are adventures how long are campaigns right so the campaign thing you can do a long ass campaign with a very simple system yeah no problem there right it just you know how long are you gonna spend playing this game right and like if you're probably going to do a couple sessions maybe an adventure or two you know that could affect how much you're willing to spend on it right like you don't want to spend three hundred dollars for two months worth of playing maybe maybe not you know that's that's just you know something you should think about when you're at the wizard's chest Uh, how long can i keep this going is it worth it
0: yeah
1: right um consider as well the you know
0: the learning curve to 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 master a game system are you willing to you know watch hours of videos to read hundreds of pages I, i'll give you a little treat i guess almost every system does not actually require you to
1: read the whole thing before you start playing but and if it, and if they did nobody would ever play yeah. because nobody fucking because reads the whole thing. It's just not yeah. yeah it doesn't happen.
0: It's not worth it. Don't do it. But do consider the learning curve and the idea if like if your players and yourself you're not sure how much time you're willing to give to this, well then something like D&D, which will take several hours for you guys to even build your characters and like set foot on the first like the first step of your adventure is still hours and hours away when you all gather mm-hmm. to, to create your characters. Consider that, that time requirement is a part of the RPG experience and it might push you towards one product or another.
1: Yeah. Cause like, if you're just sitting down, is like when we can on the odd, like Saturday to play something you know, maybe something a little lighter on the rules. You know, like a one-page, yeah. you know, dungeon. One kind of those of deal.
0: zines. There's all kinds of really cool stuff available for very little money. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as you have a basic grasp of what a role-playing game is, that uh, you know, you can get into very quickly, and then you can play a one-shot. And that's kind of the great thing about a one-shot, which we've extolled many times. Is you know, it can be as long as short as you want, and if it works out really well, it can be the first session of a bigger
1: campaign, mm-hmm. or it can just be over. Or it can be like a board game where it's just like, yeah, we have this in our board game cabinet, and like, oh, we're having a couple friends over for some glasses of wine. I don't know, what do you guys want to play? Mm-hmm. Oh, let's play uh, you know, tiny dungeon yeah. or whatever. So, yeah, consider length
0: and the amount of time you're gonna be able to give to it. And that other people are going to be willing to mm-hmm. put up with.
1: So, the community of each game's... Kind Another... Of a transition there. Whatever. That's all
0: right. They can't all be... Smooth. Yeah, perfectly smooth. Sometimes the whoever pulls that lever on the railroad yeah. is, just is a little it. jostly. Sometimes just they just yank it. it. Um, but, yeah. So, consider the community around the game that you're getting into now this could initially sound like a plug for dungeons and dragons or pathfinder because the biggest games have the biggest online communities. so if you're interested in you know adventures that are already written cool ideas that you want to try in your game um instructional tutorial content about how to learn it in the first place or how to, you know, like fine tune your game mastering and learn the rules a little better. D and D and Pathfinder, because they're so big and so well-established, they have the biggest online communities. It's easiest to find, you know, like YouTube videos that explain Mm -hmm. that stuff. Uh, Also podcasts and the, um, the third party adventures that have been written, but it's also, you know, it's not just them. Just because they're the biggest doesn't mean that other games don't have
1: um, robust online communities. Thriving, you know, communities on Reddit or, you know, Discord or whatever. Right? Um, So, I mean, we just thought it was important to make that note that, you know, if you are, because, like, maybe you're out there picking an RPG because you're really interested in it, but, like, you don't really have any, like, close friends who you see all the time who are into it, but you still want to get into the hobby, you know, online, you know, co-op or whatnot, uh, didn't, whatever, you know, the online community can help you play the game. Yeah. Um, you can get playing via online because you would live in, in the technology age. Yeah. Right. But if you pick some like really, really, really small, like indie thing that is just so niche, you know, maybe you're going to have a hard time finding players, you know, posting on Craigslist because there's no, like, dedicated Reddit, subreddit Mm -hmm. for it. Um, So, you know, just think about that. Because in addition to, like, actual discussion, like the YouTube videos and stuff, like the bigger ones, like D&D, have all these extra resources, like D&D Beyond, Mm -hmm. um, or, you know, the, and there's several, like, just like uh, agnostic ones, you know, that like just have like, oh, we can help you make grid maps and then like, you know, keep yeah. track of, you know, player stats and stuff. But consider, you know, if that tool is going to be helpful for your
0: game, if, um, you know, like a lot of stuff is kind of designed to work for D&D just because it's as big as it is. But, um, you know, would it work for your, would it work for a different game? Maybe probably Just stuff worth considering um and also in the extra resources is stuff like uh minis if you want to mm-hmm. play that way like if you're if you're about the the physical representation on the tabletop a grid and you know minis for your characters well D D the minis aren't system specific but they are genre specific they're fantasy usually there's also a lot of sci-fi minis but um if that's what you think you want for your game, you gotta consider what game you're gonna use because like what what kind of products are you gonna be able to buy to support it? Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of great miniatures for like uh I don't know, like a red wall, like an animals. Yeah, you know, sword mm-hmm. fighting animals type game. So and I'm sure there are because just everything exists and you can three D oh, print printing now. right. But um,
1: but are you going to buy a three D printer, right. learn
0: how to use it, <laughs> or you know, are you just going to play D D because anyone can go to a hobby shop and pick out basically their exact character off the little shelf where the D minis live. Um, what else? So
1: yeah, I mean, just consider that uh you know, extra piece. We didn't really know where to fit it in. It didn't really fit with anything else mm-hmm. that we were talking about. And so like maybe you don't give a shit at all because it's just like it's just gonna be me and my four buddies. Yeah. So then like okay, don't listen, you know, just stop. Well you can't really take it out of your ears, but right.
0: But don't worry about the
1: community. Forget what you know, we said like for the If this one five thing minutes. that
0: looked cool to you and you know, who cares about the community? We'll read the book and we'll we'll muddle through it. And then we'll be having fun. But there are, there is a very big, just general role playing community online and in like local game shops and Mm -hmm. stuff. Uh, Nowadays, it's huge. And you might consider it when considering the right RPG for you what community has the stuff that would help me or that would, you know, make me feel. Like I was getting what I wanted out of it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of aspects to that. Consider them.
1: Yes. And at the end of the day, all these components, fuck them. Because everything's hackable.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Everything's hackable. It's all just,
0: you know, it's all pretend. And it all boils down to, no matter what game system you're playing, except for, you know, weird ones that use, like, playing cards or whatever. But playing cards are just a substitute for dice. Mm. Everything is, you know, game masters describe stuff, players describe what they do, and then some sort of numbers-driven mechanic to determine success and failure or other results. And... If you have the basic ability to add and subtract and like count numbers on a dice, you can hack any of this to
1: make it what you want. To make it fit, right? You know, you don't like a rule, well then fix it or throw it out, whatever, you know. There's, and for for a lot of systems, there are, you know, those online communities like the YouTube tutorials and whatever and, like, you know, they'll help you out and be like, okay, so this system's, you know, like, damage table is kind of weird. I created my own. And, like, you know, then there's a 10, 20-minute video about, you know, some guy or woman creating their own system for it. And then you're like, yeah, that's that's pretty good. And then, like, maybe it gets your juices flowing. And you're like, well, I'm going to create my own because, mm-hmm. you know, they gave me a bunch of ideas. Or maybe you just use theirs. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever. So it's not the end of the world if like you buy a buy a book and be like ah i kind of hate this system now right okay? and change it
0: not not necessarily true for every player but i think true for anyone who game masters for any significant amount of time even if you didn't start this way you're going to start becoming a little bit of a game designer mm-hmm. on your own and you're going to start thinking You're going to start understanding why, you know, certain numbers are the numbers that they are, why you use a certain dice in whatever situation. And you're going to start to just, like, see that matrix code after, you know, a little while of doing it. And then suddenly you just, you are a game designer. Because you're going to be like, okay, for me, and for what I'm doing with my players, with whatever system we're doing... It would make more sense if I changed this, you know, D6 to a D10 in this situation, or you know, whatever. Um, rewriting spells, writing your own spells, creating your own magic items, hacking on every conceivable level of the design of a pen and paper RPG is suddenly just gonna open up to you. And I can't I can't imagine there's anybody out there who runs D D with all the rules as written who doesn't have like some homebrew stuff in there or some stuff that they've chosen to throw out because they're like, I don't like that for my game. You'll do it for a little bit and suddenly you'll be there. You're like, Oh, I'm designing now. You might not realize that's what you're doing, Mm. but it is, it is just, you know, math in your head and little numbers on a page to facilitate group imagination and you'll find how malleable and hackable
1: right. all of it is. That's what the eraser's for. <laughs> ha, 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 All right, I'm done. Bye.
0: <laughs> okay, let's recap this real quick. What did we talk about? We talked about the cost of an RPG. The dollar amount, is a that's a hard and fast thing. Uh, but, you know, how much... You value it. That's subjective. We talked about art. It's the first thing you see. Judge that fucking book by its cover. Get inspired. Pick and something cool. Maybe don't pick something that you're like, oh, everyone wants to play this, but I don't like the way this looks. Mm, fuck it. Find something that looks good to you. We talked about genre. There's lots. Some people don't care about it, but if anyone does care about not doing a specific thing or specifically prefers something lean with that also lean with the stuff you already like and the stuff you know you can steal good ideas from mm-hmm. tone light-hearted humorous brutal whatever dark uh intrigue versus you know hack and slash whatever that's very up to you remember that a lot of comedy is just going to come from the act of playing itself so don't necessarily worry about um, building that in because your players are going to bring it. Mechanics, crunch versus light, rules light. Greater fidelity takes more time, also usually costs more. Rules light usually costs less and it's quicker to get into. Length, how long is everything going to take and how long, how much of your life are you willing to dedicate to this and players and then the community there's a huge online community it's a little bit fractious but uh, you could probably talk to a DD guy about another rpg online and you'll get some support also consider the accessories the virtual tools the tutorial videos miniatures whatever what's going to work for you and how available are they. And then, if it's not what you want, then hack it until it is.
1: You can hack anything. Put it on board. You can hack anything. Anything! I think that'll about do it. For this episode of Two-Headed Game Master, uh, visit us at our website, 2HGM.com uh, you know, we got a bunch of free stuff there. You're gonna see a link to our own, you know, products, our own TTT RPG, mm-hmm. afterlife, post apocalyptic, fantasy, role-playing. Uh, it um, is a mash of genres. Mm-hmm. It has a dope well, it has dope art. It's a mash of genres, it has a sexy tone. The mechanics <laughs> the sexy tone. The mechanics are pretty tight. Uh and like the link can be whatever you want and the community includes us. Yeah. So like it's not very big, but we're in it. Which
0: is cool. Uh so check it out. I'm gonna stop plugging Twitter, uh check out our Patreon. Uh, we'd love to have your money if you like what we do and you want to support us also you get to hang out with us on discord do cool things like our um, Our live plays and our yeah our Halloween specials stuff like that and join us for next join us next time for another episode after I thank the burning saviors real quick (laughs) for the use of their song Pondillo's Finest for the intro and outro to our show it's been a while since we recorded See you next time. See ya.